Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. I've had the delightful privilege of doing a series with you on Positioned for Victory and Breakthrough. And we've been highlighting a new book of mine called Strike the Mark, Powerfully Targeted Prayers for Victory and Breakthrough. If you're interested in not just hearing podcasts, but if you would be interested in receiving blogs, articles, audio and video complete messages, then I send out two or three of these content-laden messages through my, I call it e-blast, then every month. And all you got to do is just go to jamesgall.com, and you can sign up right there, and you can get these detailed teachings, exposure to my resources, but also the free articles, audio and video messages sent to your own very home every month. So let's continue, and this is the last in the series on Positioned for Breakthrough, and this one is called Positioned for Victory. The theme verse for this particular podcast comes from 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4, where it reads, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. I love that scripture. It has meant a lot to me personally over the many, many years. This is the victory that overcomes the world. We are called to be overcomers. You are called to be an overcomer in Christ Jesus. But now, I like what it says here, the emphasis. It doesn't say, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, my faith. What it says is, this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. I believe that there are times in our lives that we need one another. There are times in our lives that we need the power of agreement. There are times in each of our lives that we need the community of believers to help us. Did you know that there was a paralytic man in the Bible? He heard that Jesus was in his city or was close by, but he couldn't get to where Jesus was. So there ended up being four friends 
for friends, our faith. The four friends picked him up. They carried him. Kind of reminds me of an old pop song, He Ain't Heavy, He's Our Brother. And when someone is your brother and your sister, you will lay your life down for them. And there's sometimes I have needed others to stand in the gap for me. And there are times that might happen for you. And I want you to know that this is the victory that overcomes the devil, sin, darkness, and the world, our faith. So what happened? The four friends carried the man to the house where Jesus was. The people were packed in all around. They couldn't even come in the front door. They tried to go around the house to the windows, and people were probably even sitting in the windowsills, and they couldn't pass the guy in. So what did they do? Desperation. They crawled on top of the roof. They didn't have any hammers or, like, crowbars with them. All they had was desperation and the tools of their hands and big hearts. And they created an opening. Do you hear me? They created an opening in behalf of their friend. When they tore it open, the roof over the house where Jesus was, they then bring the paralytic up on the roof, and then they had ropes, and they lowered their friend into the presence of Jesus. Man, I love that illustration and that truth. Now, I want to read to you for a moment from my book, Prayers That Strike the Mark, and it's the closing chapter in Praying from a Victorious Perspective. So listen to this. I just love the way this book closes. You are not a loser. I am not a loser. None of us who belong to Jesus are losers. Although we may kind of like wear out our knees praying, shed passionate, desperate tears, all of our prayers that strike the mark are winning prayers, prayers of victory. I want you to know that I'm still learning the lessons contained in this particular chapter. And the principles and the revelation, it's continuing to seep deep down into my own very soul. And guess what it is that I have been learning the last few years? We do not as much labor toward victory, but we labor or pray from victory. In all reality, this one truth affects every aspect of my and your Christian life, especially my prayer life. Now, I'm going to give the statement to you again, and I want you to listen. And if you're not there yet, it's okay, because I'm still in the process of learning this one myself, positioned for victory. Am I praying towards victory, or am I declaring from victory? We worship, and when we worship God, we ascend in worship. 
we are now seated with Christ Jesus in the heavenly places. This is throughout the Pauline epistles. I could give you many chapters and verses on this. We ascend in worship. We are now seated with Christ Jesus in the heavenly places far above all power, all rule, all demonic darkness. And then so it is it that we're going to pray through it, or are we going to declare down through it? It's a shift of perspective, and it is changing my whole outlook. Because, listen— I am a priest, and I minister unto the Lord through worship, prayer, praise, and intercession. I'm a priest first. Then when I approach the throne of God, then I turn around, and there's three things that we are. We're a priest, we're a prophet, and we're a king. We're positioned for victory. But it's a victory that has already been won, not one that we are working towards. And so in being positioned for breakthrough, for victory, I minister to the Lord. I arise in worship. My praise and my worship arise like incense before the throne of the Almighty God. I stand in the counsel of God. I hear his revelation, and I get invited into, as it were, the council room of heaven, and I get to hear what the God says about a particular subject, and then I sit. And then I sit on the throne with Jesus. Guess what? Kings sit on thrones. And what do kings do from thrones? Release declarations. So do I petition? Of course I still petition. Do I worship? Of course I still worship. That I'm here to say, if to be fully postured for victory and breakthrough is to minister unto the Lord, stand in the counsel of God, receive revelation, and then sit down. Don't pause. No, sit to reign as a king with Christ Jesus, who is what? The king of kings, and he calls us one of his kings of his kingdom. Wow, I absolutely love that. Isn't that just just amazing? So, personal perspective. I am growing in this. I really am shifting. It still doesn't mean that I'm not like calling forth open heavens. Of course I am. And I am declaring God's word, his kingdom to come, his will to be done. But let me give you an illustration. Years ago, I was on an airplane. I was flying over New York City, and for whatever reason, the plane couldn't land, and so we were circling the city. The holy, and I'm sitting by the window. Now I don't ever sit by windows anymore. I sit right on the aisle, and but I used to sit by the window. I just wanted to see everything. Well, that was back then, and I'm sitting at the window seat in the plane, circling over New York City, and the Holy Spirit says to me, "This is the best position." And I'm going, huh? What? Huh? Because, you know, God's voice comes at uh, very unusual times. And sometimes they don't come when we're in communion with God only. I'm in an airplane looking out over Manhattan, circling. And the Holy Spirit says, this is the best position. I pause. 
I listened, because I knew there had to be more. This is the best position for prayer, looking down, praying down. Oh, did that ever open up insight for me? And I want you to know this. The best position is being seated with Christ in the heavenly places. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. So there are some questions that have come to me that I would like to uh, bring to you. One has come from Colleen, and she says, if Jesus already paid the price at Calvary, then what is our responsibility as believers? Colleen, it's like, that is such a great question. I love it. It's, I really appreciate your vulnerability and your sincerity. If Jesus already paid the price at Calvary. And so the question isn't if. The question is, I agree with you, Colin. He has already paid the price. Because the seventh saying, last saying of Jesus on the cross is, it is finished, meaning it's perfectly complete. Nothing needs to be added because everything is in perfection. It has all been done. So you're right, Colleen. Jesus has already paid the price at Calvary. But then her question is, then if that's the case, what is the believer's responsibility? It is to enforce the victory of Calvary. The devil doesn't play fair. Did you know that? The devil makes up his own rules, but God has the rule book called the Bible. We need to get to know the Word And then we are the ones who have to enforce the victory of Calvary. And at times we have to say, you have come too far, you're coming no further. We draw a line, as we say, in the sand, and we enforce the victory of Calvary. There are times that we need to enter into decree. We decree a thing, the book of Job says, we decree a thing and it will be established. So I would encourage you, Colleen, great question, and I want to encourage all of you sincere believers out there, I want you to know this. You are a member of the body of Christ, and you are a member of the greatest family that there has ever been, ever will be, and you're also a part of the army of God. And you are called with special equipment to enforce the victory that Jesus has already accomplished. Well, Jessica has also brought another great question, and it's a little longer, so stay in there while I try to bring the whole question to you. What if you've received a word that is really far from your present reality? And at the moment, you believed it, and you take it in at the moment, but nothing is connecting you to that word or your surroundings. Okay, Jessica, again, thank you for being so honest and transparent, because guess what? A lot of us live in those tensions. I often say that we live in the until clause. There is revelation revealed on one side of the river. And on the other side of the river, there is revelation fulfilled. And in between, there is the until. And in the until, it takes patience, it takes faith, and it takes meeting conditions 
that have not been spoken. So, first of all, Jessica, I would I, I have a lot of thoughts on this subject because this relates to prayer and it relates to the prophetic and the presence of God, the promises of God, etc. Now, so a lot of you out there have felt that you have heard something as a promise from the Holy Spirit. But it is delayed. It's detained. And at the moment, you got it. And But it seems far-fetched. It might just seem too big. It might not uh, – and then later you're going like it hasn't come to pass. I don't know what happened. So I'm going to approach this in a multi-angled per- perspective. One, it could be that there are conditions that have to be met to unlock the promise that have not been stated. Did you know that that's the nature of the promises of God? Did you know that that's often the nature of the prophetic? The promise is stated, but not all of the conditions are stated that are needed to unlock the promise. Why? Because we're called into a relationship, not just an equation. A lot of us are looking for equation Christianity when what God has called us to is relational Christianity. So we need to go before the Lord. We feel like we have a promise, but we need to go to him and ask him, what are the conditions that need to be met in order to unlock the provision, the promise? That's one thing to do, and that is a great one. Then It isn't only revelation, it's interpreting a matter properly. A third step is called revelation, interpretation, application. So you're going to miss the application if you get the interpretation to the revelation wrong. So now we've got to go with an open hand back to God and say, I believe you said. Did you really say? Do you realize that that's not going to offend the Holy Spirit? to ask him to confirm the word. Don't step out on something unless it's confirmed. Wait till it's confirmed. So if it isn't confirmed, I have what I call, guess what? (laughs) I have what I call a file called pending. I'm not saying no, and I'm not saying yes. By the way, I don't really have this file. This is an illustration. And I take words, and I don't say yes, and I don't say no. Sometimes we say yes with no confirmations. Did you hear me? Sometimes we say yes, and they're words actually of enticement that is trying to get to build up our ego and actually catapult us into a fantasy. But God will confirm his word. The Bible says so. The Bible actually states this principle in three different places, in the Old Testament, in the Pentateuch, in the Gospels, and in the Pauline Epistles, three places in the Word of God it says, God will confirm his word by the testimony of two and three witnesses. So, so Jessica and Colleen and everybody else, I want to ask you a question. Has the word been confirmed? And it's not wrong to hear something or to receive something through someone else and not say yes. And it's not wrong to say no. It's okay to say, huh, okay. Well, God, if this is you, I ask for you to confirm it. Guess what? Holy Spirit likes that. That means you're a person of the word. You're not putting God on a test. 
because guess what? He wants you to hear his word more than you want to hear it. So to be properly positioned for victory and breakthrough means you're going to have a confirmed word. And if the word isn't confirmed, hold, pause, wait. Also remember, ask God for the conditions that need to be met. So let's say somebody tells you, you're going to be the Christian's answer to Steven Spielberg, and you're going to like, yeah. Guess what? I had that word spoken by someone over my oldest son when he was six years old. That exact word. I didn't know what I thought about that word. I thought that word was kind of like full of fantasy. And then I did some research on the word that was given from the person. And I found out that that person had a background in theater, in the arts, and in media, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so this person wasn't actually speaking a fantasy word. They were actually speaking from out of prophetic potential. Oh, some words are about the potential. They're not necessarily about where we are right now. And then they're an invitation into a process of becoming because you're not going to get struck by a wand with a star on the end of it, and it's going to hit you on the head, and all of a sudden, you're the best screenplay writer that the world has ever seen. I think not. Did you know that I'm a writer? Do you know that I didn't start out writing? Do you know that I have some international bestsellers? Do you realize that I didn't start out that way and not everything I do has the same level of impact? But do you realize that I've worked at my craft? I was I received a word from the Holy Spirit and it seemed far out because I hadn't ever even ever thought of such a thing of me being a writer of books and manuals. But I asked God to confirm his word. But I not only did that, I learned skills because I began to believe that word. So then I put works to match my faith, and I started learning more, and I started becoming a communications trainer, and I started keeping my notes, and I started teaching, and I started getting things transcribed, and and then I learned. So there is the path to the promise. And God is as concerned about you becoming a word as he is about you fulfilling a word. So now, Jessica, so there are conditions that we have to ask that are there things that need conditions that need to be met? We need to identify are there hindrances in the way? And we also need to ask God, the Holy Spirit, to confirm the word. Some people hear words that are not from the Holy Spirit, and they move out on them. And so, Jessica, I really appreciate this, because what you said is, what if you've received a word that is really far-fetched, it's far out from your present reality? Well, you know what? That doesn't disqualify it right there. It doesn't, because God does not speak in the realm of 
human possibility. God speaks into the realm that you are going to need God's help to fulfill the word. God does not speak to us words only that we can do in our own strength. God speaks things to us that requires him to see them fulfilled because, again, he's not about equation Christianity. He's about relational Christianity. So then, but it seems far removed. But it says you've believed it at the moment, but nothing is connecting you to that word or your surroundings. So let's also, in the broad spectrum, let's consider this. Has it been confirmed? Next, is it a word that is going to promote godliness and purity? Or is this a promise that is actually mixture and might not really be a good goal? That's where we've got to learn to test the spirits to see whether they be of God. Could it be that someone missed and that word was for your neighbor and not for you? I know these realms. And so it takes discernment. It takes confirmation. It takes interpretation, and it brings patience and proper application. So, But I also just got to toss in there and just say, you know what? Some words are for now. Some words are for another day. Some words are just not. And we've got to be humble enough to go, huh, I wonder if that word is for someone else. Or maybe, have you done this? Have you taken the word and prayed the word? This is where I wrote the book, Praying of God's Heart. It's called the power and the purpose of prophetic intercession. We birth promises into being by praying them back to God. By the way, it's okay to open your hand with the promise in it or a supposed promise, worship God and give it back to him. That's what Abraham did. You say, that doesn't sound right. Abraham did. Abraham got a word about having a son. He made some errors along the way, remember. And then even when he had the son, he was called to yield the son back to God. Hey, by the way, there are some of you out there, and you know, I want to encourage you, you are positioned for victory. And I want you to keep your hand to the plow. I want you to look straight ahead because the prize is Christ Jesus. Your heart has already been tested by fire, and the word you need to hear right now is don't quit. I want to encourage some of you, don't quit. I really want to encourage you, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. Now, some of you out there, I want to give you a word And I want you to know this. God's word brings righteousness, peace, and joy. And so one of the barometers that you're going to know in being positioned for breakthrough, are you joyful or are you downcast? Are you like full of faith? This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Or is it like, this just is too heavy? Listen, God's yoke is easy, even big words. I have words over my life that have been so big, they're impossible for me to fulfill. And God goes, exactly, because 
the word is supposed to be so big, it takes lineage and legacy to fulfill it. Oh, because not every word you hear for yourself is only for yourself. Some words are for a lineage and a legacy. So I have a word for some of you out there. Take the word that God has promised to you, sow it into the next generation. Help. Gosh, I feel the burden of the Lord. I feel the witness of the Holy Spirit on this. If you will sow your promise into others and believe for God to do great things in others, I tell you, God will send others your way to help you get lowered into the presence of Jesus in the house. Wow, this has been so good because I'm learning to not only pray towards victory, I'm learning to proclaim from victory. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.